Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion, the weekly Star Wars show brought to you from a galaxy far, far away. And a happy new year to you. This is the first episode of 2020, episode 38. Hope you had a fantastic holiday season, had a great break and just stayed safe and had fun with the people closest to you. I'm Mark Asquith, one of your hosts. So much to say the, 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 the second host in the hierarchy because we've got our very own Captain Phasma, the Nubian armor-wearing, god-bearded fellow that I'm looking at right now on my screen. And of course, as ever, the premier host of Spark Rebellion, we've got Mr. Gary Ale joining us as usual. Happy New Year, dude. How are you doing? Happy New Year to you, buddy. You're too kind, as always. I'm really going to have to up my game with my intros for you when it's my turn to, to be in the driver's seat. I know that was yeah. uh, number one New Year's resolution for you. Uh, I understand that. Nothing else comes close to it in terms of priority. So thank you, I appreciate that. Yeah, number one <laughs> on the list for sure. I'm all good, thanks, dude. Feels like ages since we recorded. It hasn't been that long, really. I think just because when you have a break over Christmas and New Year, it just feels like a long time. Especially when you're uh, having a break from work and then you're back and stuff. It just feels like a long time. But yeah, it's great to be back chatting Star Wars. Have you had a good Christmas and New Year, bud? Yeah, man, just been chill, 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 chill. Obviously, because we do a Star Wars podcast now, everyone bought me Star Wars everything, like all Snap. the Lego. Snap. Which yep. is not a bad thing, is it, really? It's just one of those things where you're like, ah, look at this, more Star Wars stuff. Where am I going to put this? Where's the Wookiee book? Where's the Wookiee book? Yeah. What about the uh, droid attack on the Wookiees, actually? Been meaning to ask you about that. The, the, the droid attack on the Wookiees? Yes. <laughs> It's from Revenge of the Sith, isn't it? What's his name? The, 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 the long-headed Jedi guy. Like, what about the oh, attack yeah, on the Wookiees? On the Wookiees. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, before we descend into madness as normal, which is usually led by me, I apologise. That's one of my New Year's resolutions is do more of that. No, it's not. It's the exact opposite. Do less of that. <laughs> we are going to say a few thank yous and do a few shout outs. Now, obviously, it's a few weeks out since we saw the rise of Skywalker, so we are going to touch on that over the coming hour or so. But we've also got a heck of a lot of news. The last couple of weeks have been filled with Star Wars news, hot on the heels of the Rise of Skywalker release, which is perhaps not surprising given that, you know, the Rise of Skywalker marked the end of one chapter and, you know, everyone's now looking ahead at, at, at what, what what is next for Star Wars overall. So we're going to be looking into a few of those things uh, as they crop up later. But before we do that, a quick shout out to everyone who supports us over on our Patreon account. We appreciate you doing that so very, very much. It means a heck of a lot. If you want to join our Patreon and become one of our fantastic patrons, maybe get one of our executive producer credits, you can do that over at patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion. And also, 
like to say a big thank you, huge thank you, to our new patron, John, who joined us on the 23rd of December and said some very kind things in his joining message. So, John, look out for some Spark of Rebellion goodies and some swag winging their way across the galaxy in less than 12 parsecs into your mailbox. Look out for that coming. And, of course... Don't forget, you get uh, you get you get the option to jump on and do the random spotlight as well with the level that you are at. So thank you, John. It's always a pleasure. And if you want to become a part of that, like I said, if you're wondering what the heck we're all about, go and check out the socials. We're always socialing. We're always doing the social, and we're over on Instagram. We're over on Twitter, and we just. We like to just discuss things. We post very random things about Star Wars, and it's just nice to be able to kind of converse and chat over there. So do a little search in your favourite social media application and just check us out, Spark of Rebellion. We've got different usernames on each one of them because, you know, internet. But do a search for Spark of Rebellion, and you shall find us. All right, guys, listen up. We've got a heck of a lot to cover today. We're probably not going to get to the random spotlight because there just is that much stuff going on but before we do that what has the last couple of weeks been like star wars wise for you dude last couple of weeks have been pretty good actually for star wars i went to for the christmas trip me and the fam we were in new york and i took the opportunity to drag them along to see that because they hadn't seen it at that point and i wanted to see it again so we went to one of those cool i think the, the brand is amc I think in the US, mm. got nice cinemas over there. So I dragged the fam to see that. That was really good. So my opinion has changed slightly on on that after watching it a, a, a second time. Then I watched it a third time, uh, just on my Todd. I just took myself. I had a free day on the Christmas break, and I thought, yeah, let's go and see that a third time. So uh, that's been good. So catching up and rewatching that. I uh, got a couple of goodies for for Crim. Oh, I picked up some merch while I was in New York as well. I picked up. Um, uh, I want to get into the uh, the the Bandai models. Look really good. I've seen those on on social for years, uh, and people have been um, uh, posting pictures. That they look really good. So I've picked up the Scout Trooper on the Scout bike speeder bike from um, Return of the Jedi. I'm going to build that this weekend. Looks good. I also uh, took the plunge as well. I think when we very first early on when we started recording, we spoke very briefly about one of the stories was the Hyperreal series that was coming from the Black Series, for the Black Series range. And uh, I was always umming and ahhing about that. I, I think it was because of the Luke Skywalker figure that they announced. There was just something not quite right about the face, the head sculpts. Mm-hmm. But the Vader looked really good. So uh, I found that on offer in Midtown Comics. So I thought, Ooh, yeah, no nice. worries. Yeah. So I, I got that. I got some other, I got some Star Wars t-shirts while I was there and a cap and stuff and and all that. And uh, yeah, and then I finished up The Mandalorian a couple of days ago. So that's uh, in the can. So overall, dude, not a bad Star Wars run for the Christmas and New Year break. What about you? Did you get up to anything Star Wars-wise? Well, that is a heck of a lot of Star Wars. I like it, dude. Nice play. Um, mine's been a similar sort of thing. You know, saw the Rise of Skywalker again. Um, and just been doing a lot of reading. Like, got a lot of lego stuff and a lot of figure stuff for Christmas, like we mentioned. So I've, I've, I've been building a bit of Lego. I've got Yoda's hut and then a one-foot-tall Yoda to build maybe this weekend, nice. which is kind of fun. Nice. And then it's been a lot of reading. Um, so I got, which I've not started yet, I've got The Secrets of the Jedi book, which I'm really looking forward to, which was massively delayed. And I think it was because of The Rise of Skywalker, some of the changes that they made. Um, 
So this is this is the secrets of the Jedi as told from the perspective of Luke Skywalker, and it's like this little workbook thing. It's got lots of little, uh, you know, kind of what what they're obviously making out to be like archaeological finds and little bits of like uh, paper in there that he's just stuffed into. It's quite it's quite a nice little concept for a book. So I'm looking forward to digging into that. Um, and then I start and started and finished over the holiday season the Plagueis book. Um, cool, cool. Yeah, it's cool, man. It's interesting because it's not really a Plagueis book, is it? It's more like a Palpatine book when he really kicks in. Um, But I was pleasantly surprised about how far into the events of Phantom Menace that book went. And I was really, it was, you know me, I always say this about like extended universe stuff and, and, and canon, extra canon material. But that truly is, again, it's one of those pieces of literature that makes the Phantom Menace better. Because you just think, right, or oh, okay, now I get some of this stuff, which I want to talk about maybe a little bit later, actually, when it comes to the Rise of Skywalker. Um, but before we dig into the news, let's just have like two seconds on your opinion then. So tell me, Rise of Skywalker, you've seen it three times now. You said your opinion had changed. Tell me tell me about that, dude. Yeah, it's changed a little bit, in mainly due to my appreciation for the just the, the, the scale of what they tried to do in... in a relatively short space of time. I know it's a long film compared to other Star Wars films, but uh, when we did our initial review before Christmas, we were quite hard on it. To be fair, we were we bashed it a little bit, and for good reason. I mean, I, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm still aware of its shortcomings, and I'm still aware of that the, there are various problems with it. But uh, when I wasn't trying to keep up, I think is the best way to put it. The first time I watched it, I felt like if I went to the loo, I would be scuppered. You know, if I came back from the loo or something, I would have missed something really important because there's so much going on, you know, in a short space of time. But without having to worry about that aspect of it now, I could just enjoy a little bit more, um, especially the second half, the the kind of gradual increase of what was going to happen to Ray and all that stuff. So, uh, and, and also just appreciating the heck out of... Um, of uh, Ren Ben Solo's character a little bit more. It's just can't get over just how brilliant that his character was in that one. And uh, I think because a lot going on, a lot of stuff gets overshadowed and rushed through. But when you don't have to worry about the the pacing side of things, because you already know what's coming up, you can focus a little bit more on the good stuff. That's uh, yeah. That's my take on the other watchings. Anyway, what about you? Yeah, I feel a similar way to that. I still think all the problems that we mentioned still exist. Oh, Completely yeah, yeah. all the problems still exist. And I think, um, you know, I was very careful, and I think you were as well, not to, to push this into Last Jedi territory in, insofar as, here's what we think is going to happen, and I hate it because that's not what they did. Um, that's what a lot of the fans really struggle with in The Last Jedi. Um, and I, I, I never thought like that really with The Last Jedi. I mean, maybe to a degree with Luke Skywalker. Um I can see why, as pure kind of fan fictiony stuff, the, the Rise of Skywalker is 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 fair, you know. But I, I do still think a lot of the every every criticism that we had of it still exists. But like we said before, the moments that exist that are excellent, you can really enjoy them. I just the biggest worry that I've got with it, dude, is is kind of this. It's almost the Rise of Skywalker feels like the first. Um, wave of this nascent multimedia style storytelling, which we know Star Wars is going to do next year. It's going to do a big cross-platform thing. We don't know what that is, but we know they brought all those writers together last year. We talked about it on the show. There's something multimedia coming that tells a story across different types of media. And I think that 
When you look at the Star Wars Visual Dictionary, the Rise of Skywalker Visual Dictionary, there is so much plot detail inside that that it almost feels like Disney have made a misstep with it. And I feel, having watched it again, I feel now that, again, you know, we talked about just now about Plagueis. You know, you, you read Plagueis, it makes Phantom Menace better. This Visual Dictionary kind of, takes that to the next level like it 10x's that thought process in that if you read this visual dictionary you enjoy the film so much more because you've got a lot of exposition in there um and it just for me just reinforces my ideal that this was the rise of skywalker just undoes the last jedi and the force awakens and if they just thought if that storyline was the original intent and the trilogy of that storyline. It could have been absolutely just some of the finest fictional cinema in history. But it, it just suffers with that same, oh, there's three films crammed into one film here and just, that just disregards the other two. But I agree completely with what you said around, now I know what's coming, I can enjoy it for what it is and just accept that, do you know what? Yeah, there are a few missteps to it, but... For the bits that we like, they're the bits that we like. Um, so that that that's my view on it. I just, like I said, I still feel like they made a lot of missteps, but you know, get some popcorn and enjoy it. It's one of those, isn't it? Indeed, man. And I think um, for all the people that did like the film, because there was a, a a big number of people that didn't have that many complaints. Really, they enjoyed it and uh, they they liked the conclusion and 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 stuff. But. Uh, I think it's it's very it's very easy to kind of get, uh, get stuck in that bubble of negativity with it. I think if you, your your overall impression is it's not very good or you're not happy with it, that's all that's all good. But uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure Disney expected this to be something that would be discussed and debated and argued about for many moons. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think sometimes you can get a little bit lost with oh, I didn't like it, I didn't like it, I didn't like it. It's like come on, you know, just watch the whole thing. I'm sure when you watch all nine films together you're not going to be disappointed. Let's look at it a bit more positively. This is like, you know, one of the best stories ever told. Yeah. And yeah. that's the way to look at it, dude. And, and I also, I'm, I'm excited as well, which I probably shouldn't be, but I'm excited about the extended, like we've already started to see the extended universe stuff. Like we, we've seen some of the stuff in the comics around Kylo Ren, around Luke and Los Anteca very recently. So now that the saga's done, They've got free reign to fill the gaps in. And that excites me because as every book that's ever come out from this new canon has made the films better and better and better and better. So when you view it all as one story, I can get along with that. It's just for... Like, I know some of the OG Star Wars fans, like a friend of mine, Dan O. He, um, you know, he doesn't care about any of that stuff. Doesn't care about any of the extended universe stuff. Doesn't play the games. Doesn't read. But he's a huge Star Wars fan. And he just watches the movies and the TV shows, and not even not even the animated stuff. Just like the Mandalorian and probably the Kenobi series. Um, to him, it's more difficult because you know even though Star Wars has always been clunkily acted, it's always been a little, you know dialogue's been a little bit off, and you know the story. Right, we're going to take you know, make some leaps with that one. He's like the classic. I'm a nostalgic guy. I remember the OG trilogy and the prequels, you know, they're now starting to get rose tinted. This to me is like, I'm just going to, as an OG fan that just watches the movies, it's going to take me another 10 years to rose tint these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly um, that. Yeah, yeah. So, but I do think for the geeks like us that have got the, 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 the time and the willingness to dive into some of the new extended canon, 
we'll probably benefit a heck of a lot from the next two years. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely. So I'm excited yeah. about that. Yeah, you see um, the new Vader comic. Yes. Uh, goes to Tatooine to the homestead. And there's yeah. a droid that's sort of going in his ears, retelling the story of what happened to Owen Lars and stuff. And yeah, you can see that he's kind of regressing into his, his old days. And he get yeah, it looks, I'm going to have to pick that up, dude. It looks really good. All the Star Wars comics are decent. I mean, some yeah. of the, 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 there's some of them that like, some of the Kieran Gillen stuff doesn't do anything. Some of the Star Wars, um, the volume one stuff where the, you know, the stuff they've just stopped, that's a little bit loose, but <laughs> When they do, it's like when you're watching, used to watch Smallville, like the mythology episodes were fantastic when it progressed the overall 10 season arc, but the fillers, you were just like, oh, come on, you know, and that's what the Star Wars comics seem to be, but the new ones really seem to be going deep into the mythology, so I'm excited about that as well, man. Yeah, dude, looks good. The X-Files was like that. Yeah, you're right, actually, wasn't it? Yeah, you're right. Like maybe half the episodes per season were big mythology arc, and then the rest of them were like, oh, look at this, there's a guy that can get under doors. Yeah, like the Monster of the Week ones. Some of them were okay, but the, the, the arc ones were much... I see what you mean, dude. Yeah, they're much better. Yeah. yeah. All right, dude, let's dig in some news. Uh, good to catch up on that one. And again, it sounds like uh, we've... Do you know what? We sound like fair Star Wars fans. You know, we're, we're, uh, <laughs> we're pretty harsh on it, but we're fair. We're, we're praising it for what it is. So fair play on that one. We're not going to go crazy on anything. Um, so we've got a heck of a lot of news to dig into this week. So we're probably not going to get to the random spotlight, which seems to be our, uh, it's the proverbial leg day of this show. We skip that when we don't get chance. So the random spotlight is once again our leg day. We'll probably not get to that, but we've got a heck of a lot of great news coming out. Um, first up, um, the Star Wars Rise of Skywalker opening crawl makes sense if you play Fortnite. So you remember on the Rise of Skywalker, the opening crawl, um, it was like, the Emperor is back. And you're like, wait a sec, what? <laughs> say what now? Who's what? Who's, who's back what? And they talk about this um, this transmission that was heard across everywhere, the hollow nets and heard in, you know, mysteriously heard throughout. And we were just like, in the cinema, we were just like, oh, okay. So he's got a... So he's got he's got a new phone contract, uh, really good service, <laughs> and he's just been broadcasting. That's cool. This is cool. He's probably got himself a microphone. Well done, and he's all good. So that's what's happening. But in Fortnite, which I think is really interesting, because uh, I don't play Fortnite because I don't understand it because I'm now at an age where stuff baffles me. So I don't play Fortnite. You've got kids. You probably know about Fortnite more than me, mate, and you're a lot hipper than me. But apparently, they showed this transmission. They did a lot. They've done a lot of content. JJ has done content. They've done releases. They've done. Uh, they did the Millennium Falcon flyby thing in Fortnite, and uh, apparently they played this, mm. which is pretty sweet, man. That's pretty sweet. I don't know if you know about this or if you've seen it. Like, well, what's your Fortnite experience? Because look how cool you are. Yeah, man, super cool. My Fortnite days are over, though. I will be honest with you. I played it for a while when it first came out, but no, you're so bloody hip. You make me sick. Got bored of it, man. My son plays it a lot. Uh, but yes, I think this is good and bad. It pissed me off for a while because uh, you shouldn't have to. Uh, the whole, the, don't get me wrong, the whole multimedia, cross-media storytelling thing is very, very cool. But when it concerns such a big part of the storyline for the new film, you shouldn't have to have gone and referenced another medium to get what that <laughs> what that thing was. They could have... I'm pretty sure if Palpatine's got access to, a, I don't know, a, a portable audio recorder... 
you know, he's got his little roadcaster, mm-hmm. you know, records it and sends it out. I'm pretty sure the resistance can record it at the other end. So all they had to do was like push play. This is what the emperor said. But we were in the dark about that, which is no surprise. But anyway, the message that went through Fortnite was, at last the work of generations is complete. The great error is corrected. The day of victory is at hand. The day of revenge, the day of the Sith. And it's Ian McDermott doing the very cool Emperor voice. Now, I think it's kind of cool because, uh, like I said, on one hand, it's cool because it kind of brings people into that multimedia way of thinking. It's like the first steps, if you like, into that kind of storytelling. And there's no bigger gaming platform than Fortnite, I think, anyway. I think it's still a hugely popular thing to do. But, yeah, like I said, shouldn't you shouldn't have to have dived into like people like yourself who don't play Fortnite you're probably like actually I wanted to hear what the emperor said what did he actually say so kind of 50-50 on it dude but it's kind of cool yeah yeah it, I'm, I'm with you on that dude I, I agree it's like it's 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 almost what we talked about with the books like you shouldn't actually step back a sec it, it's 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 the big downside of of um the multimedia world that we live in and 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 not only the multimedia world that we live in but the fact that a corporation like Disney has got to bleed as much out of its IP as possible. So it starts fragmenting stuff. Whereas before, it was like, right, Anakin's going to drop to the dark side. We'd better show this. right? We've got to do this stuff. And it's got to be on film because this is the only thing that we've got. And, you know, the, every, 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 every franchise is now, I feel, starting to suffer with this. Like, I remember when they did the Superman stuff, like way, way, way back in 2006 with Superman Returns, it was like, oh, there's a prequel comic. I don't really want a prequel comic. Like, I want you to explain why he's not on Earth anymore. Like, I just do just do that in the film, mm-hmm. and I, I agree with exactly exactly agree with everything that you said there. And that it's just it feels like they're trying to bleed the IP out, and you feel like you're missing a trick. And it, it, I think that's great when it's enhancing, but when it's taking pure exposition away from the plot and leaving massive plot holes, it just like, you feel a little bit cheated, don't you? Like, wait a sec, I've got to go do this thing now, and I've got to learn this thing, or I've got to Google it. Like, I have got to... Whichever way you look at it, Disney, you are making me spend something. I've either got to play Fortnite and spend on the kit, or I've got to spend some of my time Googling this stuff and trying to find it and not enjoying it in a cinema. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll start to see that more and more with... with um, not just Star Wars, but other franchises as well. You know, we started to see it a little bit in Marvel. Um, we're starting to see it with, you know, the way that Disney Plus is kicking in. Um, and pro- this may be slightly related to the next story as well. Um, so I, I just, again, I'm with you, dude. I, th- I think it's a great idea, but simultaneous at the same time, I think it's the wrong use case for it. I think it needs to be... Mm. If, you, if there was extra Emperor content that filled the story in like why is the guy hooked to that thing tell me that in Fortnite. i don't care about any of the other stuff like show me that the first thing in the rise of skywalker should have been that transmission you know tell me the other stuff in Fortnite or in books or in comics let me know like who is who is acolytes are and why he's connected to that thing how did his body come back like we don't need to know any of that in the film unless you're going to trilogy it but not the main main gambit that you open with yeah, I don't think I'm also not sure on what the what the purpose of that was either. Was it like a lead generation thing where they just want more people to be going back to Fortnite or signing up to play Fortnite? And the other thing is, wasn't 
it wasn't the execution wasn't great either. They didn't really set up the importance of that. Unless you were unless you were a gamer, and we are gamers, but unless you're embedded into that ecosystem of sort of reading RSS feeds and blogs and tweets about games, you wouldn't have really seen much about it because they didn't really advertise it. If they would have done like a big thing about it, like Fortnite gamers, there's going to be like a, an event, a Palpatine event coming up, so you don't want to miss it. Then you know you would have jumped on or you would have seen it. But you know I didn't really see it pushed that much outside of the gaming uh, world. So execution not that great. And yeah, it's the same with the, we could, we could, there's probably loads of things you could apply that to like the, um, like the first time I saw the film, I had no idea who all the hooded cloaked characters were on Exegol with, with the emperor. But if you read the visual dictionary that accompanied the film explains all that, (laughs) but you shouldn't have to, that's what I mean. It's great if they, if if they set that whole multi thing up prior, but just assuming that people were going to buy the book and read it is a bit assumptive really and not everyone's going to do that so same with Fortnite. that you know not everybody's going to just jump on and download it just to get that one thing so it's a weird one but i feel if, if they execute it a bit better then it could work it could be a cool thing yeah definitely dude it's, it's just base market isn't it you know mo- moving people around from place to place to place by actually telling them that this thing exists or at least making it available you know this whole Fortnite thing you know, like you said, what's the what's the play with this? What's the what's the the ROI that they're looking at on it? If you think if you think, okay, all the Fortnite people have got this content. Those that haven't, all right, let's wait a week and let's do a big marketing push and announce. Let's just put that as a YouTube video, and we'll announce it and market it so that you and I can be like, oh wow, look at this. They're filling the gaps. This is brilliant. You know, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird one. It's like somebody's <laughs> just gone, oh, look at this, Fortnite. Hey, let's use that, Dave. You know, it's just <laughs> one of them. It's, it's an odd one. But alas, I think that's the way of the future. And I think hopefully Disney will manage that a little bit more with the future stuff that they're doing because I think it is going to be a cross-media um, world that we're living when it comes to Star Wars moving forward. We've seen it with... Um, with Batu and Galaxy's Edge, it's you know this is an experiential thing they're trying to create now because they're going to make the money back, which is I know they already have done, but you know they want to make some brass brass balloonies off that. Yeah. So Epic Games are probably like Brent, you know, <laughs> when he gets signed up to go just on the waving tour in the Christmas specials, they're like, I'm just taking the money. What uh, what are you up to now then? Yeah, just a few more of these, uh, <laughs> lots of opportunities. Do still do my walks uh, for Men Cap. So <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do for us tonight? Dad just, just said, come out and wave. That's, that's, it, what, it? that's what the Emperor's <laughs> doing. He just said, come yeah. out and wave. What have you got in the pipeline? Just more of these. <laughs> Opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, before we descend even further into the office, which um, we're probably going to do again, let's be completely straight, we have some Mandalorian news as well. So John Favreau, the main man, himself, who has um, created this little mini-universe, this little kind of pocket universe inside Star Wars fandom with The Mandalorian, uh, which which finished up and, and, and dropped a huge zinger at the end, which we'll not spoil here today. Maybe we'll talk about it next time. Um, but dropped a huge zinger in for fans of Rebels and Clone Wars. Real, real nice connectivity to a lot of stuff. So the Favmeister General, Favo, John Fav, bloody good rep, he posted on his Instagram that you've got The Mandalorian Season 2 is beginning to film shortly and it's landing in fall 2020, which I don't think anyone else expected anything any different from that one. But the big kicker here is, of course, that um, he's, he's kind of mentioned, it's been thrown around 
that some of the Skywalker saga characters will be appearing, we're going to pop up inside of the Mandalorian, which is quite interesting when you consider the timeline. It's five years post-Return of the Jedi. When you consider some of the stuff that the Mando and, and, and particular Apollo Creed were talking about, you know, no one really knows much about this New Republic, blah, 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 blah. What's the situation with that? Um, you've got Luke Skywalker's kicking around. You've got Princess Leia, General Leia, still being a senator during this time frame. You've got all the aftermath stuff that's happened. You've got the Wexleys in there. You've got Antilles knocking about somewhere. You've still, You know, you've got a heck of a lot of ripe stuff going on. So... Even though I liked The Mandalorian um, being in its own little universe, and even though I like this idea of tying some of the Skywalker saga characters to it, a little bit of me is a little bit kind of concerned because I just think, personally, I'm just thinking, you know, why don't we just, can we just leave that alone? And can we just, let's not spend too much time on it. So I'm personally of the opinion that this is all well and good if you sparingly, you know, don't, Let's not go back to Tatooine for a full episode and, 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 and meet people that we've met before. Let's do something where it's fleeting. You know, Han Solo's still around. Maybe he needs to get something um, and that, that just happens to include a smuggler or Chewie's still around. Or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. So what, what are your views on this, man? Are you, uh, are you excited about this? Are you, have you got a little bit of trepidation? Where do you sit? Yeah, I completely agree with you, mate. On It needs to be just a smattering of... of uh, of inclusion from the the saga characters, really, because uh, I think one of the Mandalorian's main strengths is that it doesn't rely on the the Skywalker saga stuff to be successful. It's not; it doesn't need it as a crutch or anything. It's it's very good just on its own, and it's got that really really good mix of yeah, um, it it's part of the Star Wars world and universe, and you can absolutely get that vibe from it. They've done a very good job of making it feel Star Wars, but it doesn't need to have stuff thrown in your face every five minutes. We don't need to see the Falcon and other characters and, and and all that stuff. So I agree, man. I think it needs to just push on and be its own thing. However, it would be nice to have the odd little thing, just a little hint of stuff that runs through it. You know, I think that's a, I'm pretty sure they will do that. I can't see Well, they can't, can they? They can't, they can't, unless they're going to do some funky sort of de-aging process for, you know, and have Han Solo sitting there in a cantina and, and all that stuff. I don't know, but... Or bring I, told uh, Alden Heinrich by, back Alden Heinrich. Oh, uh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Bring that him could back. be a thing. Yeah. And there's also... I, make, so kind of a couple of notes on that one, because, yeah, they're not going to de-age. It's too expensive. Even though the budgets are stellar for this, it just seems like a pointless spend when they could do something else, well, especially when you've got, you know, a recognised solo character there if that is indeed the character that they're going to look at. But the other thing that you've got is, um, like, Chewie's easy to throw in. Yep. Yeah, easy, yep. easy. You don't have to do anything with him. Then you've got, um, the, you know, other other options with this. So you've got, we saw the uh, end, at the end of one of the episodes, it was the uh, the former Imperial sniper that got wiped out. Um, I forget the, 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 the character's name. But then we saw, like, these mysterious kind of uh, boots walking up to it. But you remember on the Tatooine Desert? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, there's, there's yep. talk that that's maybe someone from the original trilogy because you had the Spurs, is that Boba Fett, blah, blah, blah. So that's maybe a possibility. Um, I kind of hope they don't do Boba Fett, if I'm honest with you. Um, and the other option, which I think is quite interesting, I don't think we'll see it, but one thing that has been thrown around is that, you remember the old uh, Luke Skywalker look alike 
the Winter Soldier himself. And what's his name yes, now? Yeah. Um, Sebastian Stan. That, yes, yeah. Good. He's like Mark Hamill, but better looking. And <laughs> I'm he, sure he'd be he, thrilled to hear that. Yeah, no, Mark, Mark Hamill's fine with it. He was, he was texting me earlier. Um, <laughs> but he's like, because he's got that little bit of stubble, he's got that bit of edge to him. Um, they're both startlingly good-looking people, but Sebastian Stan gets it for me. And <laughs> there's that whole, you know, he looks so much like Skywalker. He's signed to Disney. So there are rumours throwing around that maybe he's going to, you know, he's going to fan service it up as, as Luke Skywalker. Because I don't think we've heard the last of Luke Skywalker. There's so, so much rich territory there um, that's already starting to be explored in the comics as well. So there's some options. I don't think it'll be as obvious as that, and, but I've seen that rumour dotted around that, you know, Sebastian Stan is already signed to Disney. That's a fairly easy one. Um, and he looks startlingly like Mark Hamill was when he was younger. So is there anything in that? I don't know. I don't know. But it's just stuff that gets thrown around. Do you see it being that obvious or do you think it's going to be a bit more tenuous? Yeah, I don't think it will be in your, as in your face as that. As in, I can't see one episode being dedicated to Luke Skywalker. I think it will just be more fleeting mm-hmm. uh, passing scenes, really. It'd do a disservice to everyone if they did something like that. Yeah. You bring someone, it, yeah. It's the Force Awakens problem. You bring Skywalker in and suddenly he takes over. Mm-hmm. You know, that's exactly, a huge yeah. problem. They need to focus on the, char- on the Mandalorian character. Keep him front and centre. He's what's made it what it is, ultimately. Yeah. I think we should get into this on one episode as well, you know, maybe talk about the season as a whole and the finale and some of the questions, because there's a lot to dig into with Baby Yoda. Obviously, that zinger at the end, for anyone that's not seen it, will not spoil it, but Moff Gideon certainly delivers uh, on, a, on a zinger towards the end of that season. Um, so maybe we'll get to that one. So, all right, well, we'll see what comes from that then. We'll see what Skywalker saga characters pop up in a galaxy far, far away. I don't think we're done with them yet, so we'll see what pops up in Mando Season 2. Now, this next piece of news, dude, is very, very touchy. Um, so you may or may not remember this but back in in April last year 30th of April um, there was sadly a gunman opened fire out there in the US at the University of North Carolina and a Star Wars fan uh, called Riley Howell was was sadly killed he was killed along with uh, four other students who were injured in this attack, which is absolutely insane. But Lucasfilm and Disney got wind of this and they wrote to the family of Riley and just said, look, you know, we, we, we recognise that Riley um, is just a huge Star Wars fan. We want to honour him in some way. So we're going to feature Riley in an upcoming project. We can't tell you what yet, but we are going to feature Riley somehow, somewhere in an upcoming project. And sure enough, the Rise of Skywalker Visual Dictionary um, is 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 a very interesting book nonetheless, but it includes a new Jedi, which is Jedi Riley. And this is someone who seems to collect, you know, as part of the mythology, he collects artifacts and he collects information about the Jedi Order from the past and uh, a little bit like Luke on his on, on his travels. And uh, it, I find it amazing that Lucasfilm and Disney have done this. So they've honoured this student, Riley, by, by making a... a a canon Jedi based on on this young guy's name, which I think is just a beautiful sentiment, and I think it's something that just shows the, you know, in this world of mega corporations and and conglomerates and faceless marketing and mega books, I think it's nice to see something so human amidst all of that. So it's just a very touching story, dude. I'm sure you saw it. Yeah, it's it's a, a lovely story, and I think it's important to to note these things and. Um uh, and acknowledge, like you said, some of the human stuff that happens because 
Ah, it's, it's a cynical old place, isn't it? The, uh, the world these days. I'm not sure if I'm saying that because of my age or just because that's the feeling of the world at the moment, but it's a, definitely a cynical old place and you can get sort of, um, you can get consumed by all of the, all of that stuff. So I think it's really important to, to take stock of, of this stuff. And it, it's a lovely tribute. It's a lovely thing from, from Lucasfilm. And they also took the, um, they went off to the, the opening night, um, screening of it as well and they took his ashes there and there was a seat that was left for him and stuff so it's all lovely stuff man and it's it's very you know extremely well deserved i I think we can all agree it's um when you have to do something like that it's just shockingly um heartbreaking really so um yeah a a lovely tribute from lucasfilm and um yeah it's, it's important to note this stuff down and and um just take a minute to think about it really yeah it's lovely it is. It, 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 it grounds us all, doesn't it? It humanises everything that we do. And it, it just, you know, for all the divisive nature of the Star Wars fandom over the last four or five years, you know, you, it, this is the kind of stuff that makes you realise that, you know what, it's only fiction. There are bigger things afoot. Um, and, 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 you know, ultimately Star Wars doesn't matter, you know? So I think it's, I think it's really a sound reminder to everyone. So well done to well done to everyone who's been involved in that decision and we applaud you for that one. Now, let's get on to uh some uh, DVD news, some some Blu-ray news. DVDs. DVD mate. So go, go. <laughs> hey, here's one for you actually before we get to this. Um so Kieran's mother-in-law, the Claremeister, I Claire if you're listening. Um she texted Kieran early. She was like, "Dude, I'm clearing out the loft." Do you want this Phantom Menace on VHS? Like, yes. Bringing that into the oh. office, putting it on the display case. Oh, yeah. So. Love, lovely, mate. Uh, just for the benefit of our listeners, dude, um, Kieran is. What, what do you want me to say? I'm not going to. Well, a, a lot of our listeners will be like, who's Kieran? Well, Kieran's Kieran. I can just Google it. Just Google Kieran. What's wrong <laughs> with everyone? Just Google it. No, Kieran's uh, the guy that runs Rebel Base <laughs> Media with me. Um, there we go. He's uh, yeah, he builds all the podcasty stuff that we do. He's a big Star Wars fan as well. Mm. Um, he stood in actually on the show back in the day when uh, you were off somewhere, so he, he did stand in. Um, and uh, yeah, that's Cave, Big Cave, as we call him. Do a search for him, Cave K E Y F. You'll not find the damn thing. Um, but we uh, <laughs> top guys, Keith. Yeah, top guy, big guy, yeah. big guy, big guy, top guy. Um, so yeah. <laughs> VHS, eh? Like to Scott Jag. (laughs) (laughs) Right, Blu-rays, DVDs, VHS. You know, we we talked about this before, but uh, Disney likes taking our money, don't they? Let's not be let's not be shy about it. No, they don't. No, they're not not interested. They do it for the love of it. So back to cynic, back to cynicism. There we go. There we go. They do it for the love of it. Um, but apparently in March 2020, which is around my birthday, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, there is a massive, massive, and apparently this has been leaked by Best Buy. Well done, Best Buy. A 27-disc 4K Blu-ray box set, and I'm reading this verbatim, of all nine Skywalker saga movies. Coming out in March, it, for the price, it had better have some really good things that we've never seen before because this is going to be <laughs> hold on to your hats someone's put a compressor on this it's going to be 329 bucks to watch star wars in 4k guys what say thee uh don't worry yeah well it's on amazon now oh is it it's on amazon the uk site yeah for pre-order there's no there's no date on it yet what kind of but- buns we're talking we're talking 180 sheets. 
not happening. I'm going to wait until it goes down and down because you know you're <laughs> going to get this. For, dude, in two years' time, you get this for 40 quid in HMV. <laughs> if HMV's still here, yeah. Oh, it will be with stuff like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there will be buckets of it left. Dude, I've pre-ordered this. Of course you bloody have. I know I'm, ex- I'm going to do the exact same thing and that's what annoys me. <laughs> Do you know what? Oh, you took the words out of my mouth. I was about to say, and you will do the same thing. You're sitting there saying, oh, I'm going to leave it. You won't. I know I won't. That's you what won't. annoys me because they get us. They know. They know that they've got us. Do you know why? Because it's in a nice box. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice, it's like a big book format thing with the discs and stuff. It actually looks really nice. But they had to do this, mate. Really, we've been talking about this for years now. And we spoke about it last year on a couple of episodes that there's been chatter around uh, doing um, especially the OT trilogy in 4K that's been rumoured to have been remastered and everything. But obviously with the, the launch of Disney+, Plus, everybody noticed immediately that all the Star Wars films are available in 4K, Dolby Vision, HDR, all that stuff. So they had to do this, really. There's no way that you could... They could not do that. So I'm jazzed for this, man. This is going to be awesome. I've seen some some comparison YouTube videos and shots and stuff of the, the Disney Plus ones. They look very good, especially the original trilogy and a new hope in particular they finally done the color correction properly so gray is gray it's not like this bluish tint you know the skin tones look better there's none of this big red magenta push everywhere it actually looks really good so yeah man i know i'm a sucker this is like i've bought these films like freaking five times now over the, the last couple of decades but screw it it's my money yeah, why not, dude? And it's, it's one of those that uh, <laughs> is is interesting because now the saga is finished, it's a fairly safe bet that they're not going to touch these movies now for a good chunk of time. You know, it's 8K. Not... 8K. Yeah, but that's going to be a box. That's going to be <laughs> 10 years. That's going to be 10 years. And we can cope with that one. And it, it, I just think it's one of those that... Are, if you're a proper fan, you are going to end up with it because you can be sure that you've got a good chunk of time in them. And it's going to be glorious to watch them all together. You know, I hope they've done a little bit with the CGI in the prequels as well because the last time I watched the um, the remastered prequels in the last set, like, the C- don't get me wrong, it's all really crisp and looks mega, but my word, the CGI, the blending on it, like, it's just... <laughs> because it's they obviously just... just high resed it up and just increase the res and you're just like whoa okay so that droid is definitely not there like it's definitely this is definite 100 <laughs> percent cgi um so i hope they've done a little bit of smoothing on that as well you know a little bit of kind of a uh, little bit of blending work on that i'm not sure on that uh, hopefully hopefully they have yeah but you know they've tweaked these again don't you you know there's the mcclunky i do seen in the cat yeah 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 oh dear McClunky. <laughs> just can't stop fiddling you know dear me oh well we'll buy it anyway so go and pre-order it take a look on the amazon it's a little bit uh less buns than it, it was reported at best buy so get it off amazon um you know it's a little bit cheaper save it save a little bit of brass right where did palpatine get that fleet from then old son where did palpatine get that fleet from we wondered about it didn't we it's raised up from exegol it just comes out of the sand and out of the water and out of the dirt um well, it turns out, based on, again, this visual dictionary, which I've got a feeling is going to keep cropping up for the next few months. <laughs> you know those hooded acolytes that you mentioned earlier? Apparently those people are called the Sith Eternal. And these are made up of, you know, the Empire obviously went to dust after Return of the Jedi, after Jakku. 
Well, apparently not everyone was too keen on that. So you had a lot of financiers. Um, you know, if you look at some of the history, um, you know, people financing the Sith, you know, some of these guys, some of the upper echelons of not the Sith Order, but people that appreciated what the Sith were trying to do and what the Galactic Empire were trying to do. You know, families like the Tarkins and people like, um, I guess, the Plagueis, kind of uh, the Muns, those kind of people. Turns out these guys make up this 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 bunch of acolytes, the Sith Eternal. It looks like they were financing and building for the last 30 years this brand new Star Destroyer fleet. Um, and apparently that's, that's where it came from, dude, according to the Visual Dictionary, uh, which is... Hmm. Not a bad little tale, you know. There's, there's, there was a, a, a few interesting things cropped up off this. Like, wait a second, how did they get all the materials? And it was, they kind of explained some of this away around. Well, wait a sec, okay, these guys financing it on shipyards and on manufacturing plants, and they've just been smuggling it over the last thirty years. But, you know, I mean, as an explanation goes, it is what it is. It's neither here nor there for me. It's just, you know, fair enough. Yeah, it's um, it's 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 cool. Because it does give a little bit of a an explanation, but again, when I, I think I mentioned this earlier, when I watched the film, I was still like, "Who are those people?" I thought they were. I I didn't think they were real at first. No, I didn't. I, I thought they were like clones or some weird kind of yeah. phantomy stuff. That's what I thought. I thought they were kind of from the dark side. You know, like when we've seen Yoda come back and Obi Wan from the netherworld of the Force. I thought they were like that, but from the Sith side of the Force. I thought they were just like. All these dudes, but no, you're right. It turns out they were, hmm. And also, I think just the the scale of that fleet, the final order fleet, I'm still not buying it. From just there must have been like millions of these people, <laughs> like literally to build a fleet that size with that weaponry and everything. Unless they're like taking cues from like Apple's sweatshop kind of labor. I don't know, man. It, it's cool in a way because it's it's got that kind of really that badass kind of Star Warsy Sith dark sidey all that gump going on. It's kind of cool, but yeah, even like thirty years, I think is still a stretch to put that many ships with that weaponry and everything together. So I don't know. Maybe we'll see like a film in twenty years' time, and there'll be a dude that was a, an undercover person in the, and he made the the cannons have a weak spot, you know, the weak spot is you just shoot it. <laughs> you know, we're not going to put any shields around that bit. We're just going to, you know, just shoot that bit. So the weak good. spot is horses on the hull, put the horses on the hull. That's <laughs> what you need to do. It's, um, it is a funny one, isn't it? And I think th 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 we are going to get a lot of literature about this. It's that period of time. I think we're going to start to see it's a lot of, it reminds me a little bit of the court of owls in the Batman mythology introduced in 2011 by old Scott and uh, Greg mm. Capullo. And, this higher order, you know, almost Illuminati-esque higher order financing everything. But the thing to remember as well is, which I think we'll probably see in a book, yeah, they deactivated all the droids, but did they? Did they? Yep. You know, so that that's obviously the easy get out of jail free card. It's like, look, we've got a pile of money. We've got all the material. Just get the droids back. Get the droids back online. Um, which, fair play. Yeah, and just very quickly, I know we've seen some OP stuff and we complained a little bit that Ray was quite OP, but for old Palps in his state, oh. he wasn't he wasn't uh, regen by that point. For him to raise that many ships across the planet in his state was a bit like, come on, JJ, come on, dude. Who? JJ, 
Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, dude. There was a few little inconsistencies like that where you're like, nope. Does not seem right. Does not seem right. <laughs> yeah. Did not get an that. agenda, no. Did not get an agenda. Well, that's where the fleet came from. We're going to see whether whether or not the uh, the books fill any of the gaps on that one. I'm sure they will do. I'm sure the books will fill some of the gaps in that. We're going to probably get a heck of a lot of literature over the next couple of years as we keep, keep mentioning. So... Next up, next piece of news. We've got so much news today. Um, so much news today. We've got apparently details of the next saga. So there's this new term that's been thrown around, the age of the higher republic. All right, fair play. What does that mean? So it sounds like, you know, that period of time where the Sith were all about wiped out a thousand years ago and the Jedi Order were kind of keeping peace and that, that like middle bit before Phantom Menace came along and just undid it all. Apparently, it's going to be set there 400 years prior to that. And um, that's cool. You know, that's all good. It looks like there's um, a, a story to t- tell in there. But there's rumours of, like, Young Yoda. There's r- rumours of, like, obviously, the big Jedi Order. They've brought... I'm going to kind of throw this back in and do another bit of news with this as well because they've brought back, according to the Visual Dictionary, they've brought back Darth Reaven as canon... Um, we know that Baby Yoda exists in the Mandalorian. You know, we've got this younger Yoda idea. Like, is this somehow all tied together? Is it preparing us for all this stuff? Um, but apparently, the High Republic, 400 years prior to the events that we're familiar with, is the time frame that we're going to explore. And it has actually already been mentioned in canon in the new Star Wars comic, which features uh, Luke, uh, a young Ben Solo, and Law Santeca in the early days of the Jedi Academy, um, it features them travelling around trying to get a load of Jedi artefacts, and Law Santeca actually mentions the period of the High Republic. Um, so with Reaven, with Baby Yoda, with these comic books mentioning it, it feels like they're lining this up, dude. Uh, yeah, you can read between the lines, can't you? You can kind of see what's what's coming there. And I'm not sure about this time period. Initially, I thought, yeah, this is going to be really cool, but they're going to have to really you know, get their act together in coming up with some cool stories for this because so much stuff has been set during the Skywalker saga. Loads of stuff, loads from the old Republic, but not a lot from this kind of awkward in-betweeny High Republic bit. So, um, I mean, on one hand, it's great because it's kind of a, a blank canvas for them to just, go, you know, let's create this whole time period and flesh it all out and it's going to be amazing. But, you know, on the other hand... We don't want it to fall flat. That's my only concern. Exactly. And it, it's it's a funny one, isn't it? Because there's so much um, that hinged on the Skywalker name. And the fact that you've got a, a, a Skywalker tethering it all together. The Mandalorian, you stick the picture of the Mandalorian helmet on. And even those that don't get it, they're like, that's Boba Fett. I'm going to look at what that is. And then you can educate through story that it's not Boba Fett. Like there is the symbolism in everything that they've ever released to the mass public. So I do feel like they're going to need someone that we understand and that we know, which is, you know, Yoda. Is Yoda a big enough character to people that aren't Star Wars fans for people to care about this? Do they do it through superstar casting? You know, does the fandom get its way and stick Keanu Reeves in as Darth Reaven? Is it, how do they get people to care about this time frame? That, I think, is the challenge. Um, because the Star Wars trilogy, the original trilogy, was an accidental success with A New Hope. And from there, we've always had Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford as the linchpin of everything. And when we didn't, in the prequels, we had Darth Vader. 
we knew what was going on with that. We had Darth Vader. That sold the Phantom Menace. Like, what do they hook to with this? Well, presumably, other than Yoda, nothing. This It's like a an opportunity to, like I said, have a bit of a clean slate and create that new linchpin, I suppose. So for everything moving forward, all the games and books and comics, everything they're going to do moving forward based on that time period will now... I imagine it'll be a combination of Yoda and, and Reaven, those two. Yeah, I, he I sounds, don't think he's, wrong there. Yeah, he sounds really interesting. We, we've only seen a, a few bits of his backstory and history and some of the old EU stuff. So that could be a great, a great new baddie to sort of throw in there and get, you know, it, it, you know I don't think it'd be, ever be as popular as Palps or anything like that, but be a great baddie to explore. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's going to be fun and interesting to see how they market it as well. Like I said, I'm interested in that purely from a, how are they going to get people on the seats? Like the marketing campaign has got to start early for it. You know, you've got to cast someone notable. You've got to sell the story quite early. Um, and I, it's, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm excited for it though, because it's not tethered to the Skywalkers, which actually gives it that freedom to actually, it could be quite cool because you're not, you know, no one knows anything about this. Like you said, start fresh, build some new mythology. Let's actually do something pretty, pretty daring with Star Wars. Because I think that's what Star Wars is missing now is... It's not been able to be daring because of the Skywalkers. Apart from the Mandalorian, it's not been able to be daring. It does make me wonder about the Kenobi series. You know, how daring can that be because of uh, everything else that's, that, that, that is around it? You know, you, you work, you're still working within a box, aren't you, with Kenobi? Um, so very, very interesting stuff. Very, very interesting stuff. Now, let's shift on. I'm conscious we're probably not going to get time to get to the review and discussion section either. Um, so maybe we should probably do a, a session on that next week, um, do a deep dive into the future of Star Wars under Disney, because uh, there's just that much news this week. We've still got a couple of pieces uh, to discuss. The next one is The Clone Wars Season 7 has finally got... An air date on the 17th of February, Ahsoka, Maul, and the rest of the Clone Wars characters, Captain Rex, and all of the good ones, all, all the big ones, all the big ones, <laughs> they're coming back uh, and they're going to be hitting the screens in what is interesting, a weekly season. So we're going to see a weekly release schedule for this. It's not like a Netflix drop. It's going to be true, which is, I think this is amazing, like a true cartoon coming out every single week. Like, I am so stoked for this, dude. We've got... The, the Mandalorian Wars coming up. We've got Ahsoka coming off the back of the Jedi trial, leaving the Order. We've we've got Maul over there on Mandalore kind of trying to figure out what's going on. We've got Death Watch. Given what's going on, this could be really good, man. Defo. I think this will be... I think Disney Plus is going to absolutely nail it this year for all of the Star Wars content. But uh, like you said, I love the fact that it's going to be a weekly thing. They're not just going to dump it all because it... That bit of anticipation's brilliant. And yeah, all of those things that we thought we were never going to get conclusions on and never progress from uh, the end of series uh, six. It's so great to look forward to that. And I th it's a lot quicker as well. I thought this was going to be sort of midway through the year. So to have it land next month is amazing, dude. Yep, pumped for it. And it's not a long season, really, just based on what... 
one, what we can see, it's going to be 12 episodes. So I think we're probably going to get a couple of three or four episode arcs. I think we'll get the Siege of Mandalore in there. We might even get something around them trying to take Dooku down like they did in, um, I forget the book, Jedi Lost, the one with uh, Asajj oh, Ventress. Okay. Um, which was a really great book. I wonder because that was that was supposed to be the Clone Wars, um, and I wonder if we're going to start to see a little bit more of Anakin and his fall. You know, the lead up to that, a little bit of Palpatine manipulation. Are we going to? How are we going to see us, him being affected by Ahsoka leaving and all that? You know, his disenchantment with the Jedi Order. Probably, um, yeah. Makes sense, doesn't it, for that to throw in there? Yeah. Um, so I'm excited by this, man. I think it's going to be fantastic. 12 episodes. Do you think that is it? You know, do you think that's going to be it? Is season seven going to be it? Are they going to run it right up to Revenge of the Sith and that'll be that? And just conclude it? I think it? so. I would say so, mate. I think you want to end it on a on a high. We've got that big anticipation, all those questions over the years. Like, is it ever going to come back? Is it going to do that? The last thing you want is then more fatigue that people have complained about with the films over the last, you know, five or six years. So, yeah, I would say end it now while you've got like the, the the fan anticipation you know few belter stories in there and then that's it that's done Dave Filoni will hopefully bring out a really cool whatever next animated thing is going to be let's concentrate on that a bit like the films with the new High Republic mm-hmm. period you know close off everything and then uh, put all of your effort into creating rather than reusing I agree, man. I, I think you're absolutely right. It's, you know, leave it on a perfect finish, you know, wrap that season up, box it off as this really nice piece of Star Wars content that's very, very high quality. Um, and absolutely, I'm absolutely with you on that, bro. I think just box that one off. Right, the last piece of news before we... I can't believe we've spoken <laughs> for an hour on the news, um, but there's just been a heck of a lot going on. But before we stick a pin in it, dude, them dare Disney ones, them been making some changes, you know? BBY, what's that? It's not a droid, is it? It's not a droid at all. Before the Battle of Yavin, it's a dating system. It's the dating system in Star Wars. Well, guess what? Not anymore. Now it's BSI. The amount of time before and after... (laughs) I didn't want to say it. Before Starkiller Incident. An ASI after Starkiller Incident. So it all kicked off that... They changed this dating system. However, just before we recorded, I did see uh, a slight update to that from one of the team working on Star Wars over on the Twitterings. Um, so the idea is that they'd scrapped the, the BBY and the ABY uh, dating system and they moved to this BSI and ASI before Starkiller Incident, after Starkiller Incident. Apparently, that's not strictly true. So everyone that updates Wikipedia, you can rest easy. You don't have to go through and update <laughs> everything. Apparently... This is actually just within the frame of reference of certain books. So where, like, the number of years BBY or ABY would be huge, you know, like 100 years BBY, 100 years before the Battle Lab, like um, the, um, let's assume, um, the Phantom Menace taking place. Like, that would be 66 years BSI, because it's before Starkiller Incident, and it would be, whatever, 20, 32, 33 years BBY before the Battle of Yavin. Yeah, yeah. So what they're doing is they're saying, well, whatever the frame of reference for the book is, so if if this is a Rise of Skywalker visual dictionary, BSI will be the the dating system. So it's not like high numbers. It's two years BSI, two years ASI. Whereas if it's like a Return of the Jedi timeframe or a a Mandalorian timeframe, they will still use the BBY and the ABY dating. Um, 
that version I kind of understand. But for a second there, <laughs> everyone kicked off. <laughs> everyone lost their shit just for a minute. Just well, for well, a few days, just wasn't a minute, it? Girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it was um the popular YouTube channel, Star Wars Theory. He put a video out to say that somebody from the story group or Lucasfilm had tweeted him directly or replied to one of his tweets and said, Look, cool. It's just for that frame of reference in the book. Mm-hmm. You know, don't worry. It's still the the holy grail of time periods. The Battle of Yavin is still all good. And I'm 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 thankful for that dude because yeah, that's just the thing, isn't it? Just that's the thing. BBY, all your maths would be off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, can you imagine all the updating you'd need to do, like you said, Wikipedia, everybody's timelines, everyone that's done a cool thing. And also in some of the books as well, not just the Rise of Skywalker books, but a lot of the books have got the timeline. Uh, the first few pages of the timelines mm-hmm. and uh, how they show you how the stories integrate within this film. And they've got ABY and BBY, so that would be that'd be crap as well. It would be, it would be. But thanks for that's yeah. not quite the case. They've just introduced this new frame of reference for books that are, or not even just books, but literature uh, and multimedia that is a little bit closer to the sequel trilogy. We're starting, we're going to start to see that used a little bit more, which I do understand that because, you know, if you want to move forward with that and you start doing, okay, 10 years um, ASI after Starkiller incident, suddenly you're in 30, 40, 50 years after the Battle of Yavin and it can just get a little bit heavy with the maths and stuff like that. Um, so yeah thankfully I, I can see the frame of reference I can see the point of it but thankfully no one needs to edit Wikipedia or Wikipedia indeed so that's a huge huge win alright woo that's been a marathon news session. We've gone for an hour on the news, so thanks for sticking with us uh, if you're around and, and, and still listening to this at this point. <laughs> thanks for tuning in. Welcome back to Sparker Rebellion. It is the new year, 2020. We've got a lot of plans for the show over this year. We just want to give a big shout-out to all of our patrons. Thank you for diving in. In our really inaugural year, you know, we're still less than a year old, May the 4th. This year we will be one year old and it feels like we've been around forever. It certainly feels to us like we've been doing this for a lot longer than what is, you know, what, seven, eight, nine months. It's fantastic to be able to do it, so we're very grateful for that. Check us out on the socials, check us out on the Patreon if you want to become an exec producer, get yourself some stickers, get yourself some of that swag, get yourself over to patreon.com slash spark of rebellion and uh, you know from my side it's always a pleasure so thank you for tuning in and uh, Gaz thanks dude it's good to be back it is great to be back dude um, my family can only tolerate so much waffle from me about Star Wars before they get bored so I really need to, to do this podcast and chat with you so um, yeah and uh, uh, echo your thoughts um, uh, thank you so much everyone that supported us thus far we've got some good plans for 2020 so all of you that have uh, jumped on board welcome and uh, yeah, can't wait to uh, see what's uh, happening with Star Wars this year. Sounds good, sounds good. So until the next time, guys, thank you so very much. It's always a pleasure. And guys, I'll see you next time as well, bro. See you next time, bro. Take care of yourselves and may the force be with you always. <laughs>